Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast. On this week's Sportlight Podcast, we're going to sit down with Dr. Sheldon Martin, and we are going to talk about a new resource, the 988 phone number, and how it can be used to help those who are dealing with suicidal ideation themselves, or if they have a family member, a friend, a teammate who is struggling with those things. This gives a tool to allow them to help. And then we're also just going to talk about the topic of suicide in general and how families and organizations might be able to help in the most beneficial ways. Welcome to the Sportlight Podcast for parents, coaches, and athletes. The Sportlight refers to the time in an athlete's life when they have increased ability to affect the culture around them and the increased opportunity to learn life's lessons through sports. This podcast aims to help parents and coaches capitalize on their athletes' precious time in the Sportlight. The Sportlight Podcast is brought to you by Especially for Athletes program. Well, hello, everyone. We're here with Dr. Sheldon Martin. He's been kind enough to join us again and to talk about a really important subject that we like to bring up frequently on our podcast and do a, about a yearly podcast on this subject. And that is the subject of suicide and suicidal ideation. And as many of you know who listen to this podcast, we encourage our athletes to keep their eyes up, looking for those who are in need, and then do the work to help them when they see they're struggling in any way. And there's a new tool that Dr. Martin introduced us to and, and told us about. I've seen some commercials about it. And that is the new 988 phone number. And so, Sheldon, first of all, thank you so much for being with us today and for joining us and lending your expertise here. And and uh, so thank you, first of all, for being here. You're welcome. No problem. Thank you for the invitation. So the first question is, what is this new 988 phone number and why should people be aware of it? Great question. So the number and the service has actually existed for some time, but it was a 10-digit phone number. It was a national crisis uh, hotline number, and a 10-digit number is very difficult to memorize or to remember. Um, and so through legislation and a lot of great effort, um, anytime an individual is uh, or family member has questions regarding suicide, mental health or substance abuse because of their interrelation and dial 988 and much like a 911 number 988 will direct you to the operators on the other line to help with that specific situation and so it was taking a 10 digit number making it 988 so that everyone could remember remember it easily um, and now we have this amazing resource that if we put some energy behind and awareness to uh, individuals all across the country have it literally at the disposal of their phone. Just just three numbers, 988 for suicidal ideation, uh, mental health uh, concerns and substance abuse concerns. And that number connects them to who? Well, there's um, there's professionals on the other end. Everyone is, is, is trained. And they have a little bit of a different structure uh, that I am not 100 uh, percent familiar with. If it's you know a psychologist on the other end, or if it's someone who um, is is holds a certification and a license. But what the good news is is that person's 
uh, job on the other end is a operator of this line. Much like 911, uh, the, the person you get on the other end, they uh, are trained to help and they're trained to direct and to get you the resources that you need and to get you them quickly. Awesome. Awesome. And in your initial answer, I think you addressed this a little bit, but who is this number four? Who can call 988? So especially individuals, um, anyone that is experiencing suicidal ideation or some real mental health challenges. Uh, and, and like I said, uh, substance abuse, uh, right? If someone uh, is knows that they have a, a real challenge with, uh, with drugs, with alcohol, illegal drugs, uh, call. And, and these individuals can help point you in the right direction uh, for those resources. Uh, you can also call on behalf of, of someone else. It is important. Remember, it's a crisis line. And so uh, you'd never want to minimize, right? Uh, just like with 911, we never want to tell someone don't call. The message is always uh, you know, call, uh, but sometimes we know that you may call and, and it's not the right place. Uh, you don't need 911, right? We've had those funny uh, YouTube videos and that of the young man that calls and tries to get help with his homework. You know, <laughs> so those stories are probably going to happen, but we don't want the message to be, uh, try to be the filter yourself. Just call if you have any question but it is designed for crisis situations. Well, and this reminds me of one of the last times you were on our podcast and you taught us that really helpful acronym ACT, that when someone's going through difficulty and you're worried that maybe they are considering taking their own life, that you ask them, are you planning on hurting yourself? And you've said in the past that typically statistics will show that if they are really considering hurting themselves, then they will tell you that that is the case. And then, you, yeah, and then you said to care, to show that compassion and care for them, um, and then tell. Um, so sit with them in their pain, care, ask them questions, be with them, but then tell somebody. And it sounds to me like this is another option. Sometimes some kids are hesitant to go to a school counselor, to go to a coach, to go to a parent, to go to the person's parent. Um, but it seems to me that this would be one of those places where if a friend has said, yes, I'm planning on hurting myself, that calling 988 would be an option there to tell in that acronym. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've tried to use 911 and 988 have different purposes, but the analogy goes across uh, the board pretty well. If I look out my window and I see that there is an individual who uh, there's something happening to my neighbor's home, uh, it's on fire. I call 911 and say, hey, my neighbor's house is on fire. Can you please send the fire department? Well, that uh, analogy works pretty well with 988, right? I, I have a friend. Um, that I'm worried about them. They need help. Those same types of follow-up questions may be answered, right? Who is your friend? Where are they? Um, okay, how can we intervene? You know, how can we help? And so I think it's a pretty good analogy with 988 when you're the person who's trying to help someone else as well. Great, great. And then 
here's a question. You, you've mentioned it already, but when when should you call 988? I know this is redundant, Sheldon, here, but like, give me a scenario where you would call and a scenario when you wouldn't call. Well, um, a scenario where I would call is if I were an individual and I had had thoughts that I was going to harm myself and I didn't know where to turn. In that case, I could call 988 or 911 and it would work out. Um, either one, but call 988 would be, would be just, just fine. Uh, or my friend, I, I talked to him after practice and I tried calling and texting like they're not responding. I don't know what to do. That would be a time to call 988. Right? When I wouldn't call, when I would call 911 is when you want a paramedic to show up. So I know that that sounds uh, trying to, to separate them a little bit. Both situations are a crisis, but just think of it this way. Do I, do I want a therapist on the other end or do I need a paramedic to show up? Hmm. That, that's kind of a, um, a little bit of a difference with 988 and 911. Um, and, and another time uh, to call 988, probably the best use case would be, I know I need to get some help. I don't know where to go. Awesome. Right? That would be a great use case to call 988 uh, and employees who are trained in, in getting the right crisis services with where you are. Ah, perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. So do you think we can move on to another topic that we've discussed a little bit and I would love to get your thoughts on? Obviously, when there's a suicide at a school or in a community or in a family, I mean, it is one of the most crushing experiences that, that people have. And I remember something that you had said to me a couple of years ago when a popular TV Netflix show came out, 13 Reasons Why, where a bunch of kids were watching it. It was like the most popular Netflix series for a little while. And the premise behind this show is that this young lady who ended up taking her own life, she had made these cassette tapes and would deliver them to people and those people were listening to these cassette tapes and it was it was helping them understand if i understand it correctly kind of the role that they played in in her committing suicide this young lady committing suicide and and it would flash back as they started listening to the tapes and then they would kind of be in the experience that that led to her having the difficulties that she had that led to her taking her own life. And I remember during that time that you saying that you're sure that the producers of that, well, maybe you weren't sure, I don't know, but we're well-meaning and trying to bring this message that the way we treat people is really important and we need to be careful about the way we treat people. But there was some things about that show that, 
made you a little bit uncomfortable that you thought might do more harm than good. Would you mind sharing just some of those thoughts on that? And then I would love to talk about how we can in healthy ways respond to these these situations in our communities and schools and and even families. And so what concerned you about that show, I guess, is the first question. Well, what concerned me, especially when we talk about young people, but, but this applies to everyone. Um, you know, the brain doesn't fully develop till 25. And, and uh, with that comes, it, it's, it's almost impossible to fully comprehend the finality of some decisions. And, and, and so be, because we know that young people already are going to have a difficulty in processing the finality of a decision, I worried that as we looked at a story regarding death by suicide, that it romanticized it a little bit, like, oh, I could this is what would happen and this is how it would play out. And my fear was that those who were already in a vulnerable spot, that they would be more vulnerable. Um, I would never give advice on how someone is supposed to react uh, after a death by suicide. I, I don't think that that would be mind to direct or, or control, but I would say the following. When someone does die by suicide, in a good way, there's an outpouring of love. There's an outpouring of, of openness, which I think is, is good, and I hope that, that remains. I think that school officials and parents and families need to know that those young people who are already in a vulnerable spot may be in a even increased moment of vulnerability. Because if we don't understand the finality of a decision and we see the outpouring of love for someone else, it may put someone in a situation where they make a decision where Otherwise, they may not if those two factors were not so intense in, in that moment. So you say, what, what can we do? Well, I would, in this moment, I mean, before, before it uh, happens, before something happens, but especially immediately following, that we should get real serious about prevention and intervention. Um, I think it would be wise, it would be healthy for a coaching staff, let's say, of all the meetings you have preseason, right? Of all the plays and what are the schemes and who's going to play what and do we, you know, who's on JV, who's on varsity? I mean, there's so many conversations. I really think it would be worth it to take 20 minutes and, and what an example of a head coach said, hey, different conversations. What are we all going to do um, to help prevent suicide as a team? With our players, with our, co with our coaches first, with our players, what are we going to do? 
Um, we want to talk suicide prevention. We want to talk intervention. What happens if someone texts a teammate and a teammate texts us? Do we know what to do? And you, you really do think about that 20-minute conversation could be so impactful and so influential um, and, and could really outline what we can do to get serious about prevention um, now, right? And And that way, when there are situations where someone may be in an increased spot of vulnerability. Um, we're, we're working a plan that we already have in place and we're trying to respond in a way that is very conscientious and proactive with those that we may be concerned about. Does that help? It does. Yes. I, if I hear you correctly, it's, Every now and then, we kind of put a bunch of energy toward honoring those who have taken their own life. And of course, gosh, man, I, I understand in this podcast right now, we're walking a little bit on eggshells, Sheldon, like, because we do not have to have a decrease in outpouring of love in any way, in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I, but what I hear you saying is, okay, so let's say there's a kid who's left out, a kid who feels down or perceives that no one values them, and they're considering taking their own life, and then a kid does take their own life, and then they come to school the next day and they see the whole the whole school dressed up, and the whole school is rightfully so, just so concerned about the family they, of the person who's taken their own life. They, they just want to, it's almost like young people sometimes don't know what to do. And, and so they're just, okay, we're going to all dress up and we're going to show that we love, that we care, that we worry about this family. And it's an outward expression of an inward feeling that they have of just despair for this family. But what you're saying is to recognize that the kid who's lonely who perceives that no one values them is coming to school and they see the whole school dressed up. They see some kids in tears. They see people reacting that that may put them in an increased vulnerable position because all of a sudden they're seeing someone receiving everything that, that they feel that they're longing for and lacking and, and that their brains aren't developed enough to understand the finality that, yes, this will happen for a day, for a week. You know, people will be thinking about that person and the whole school will be will be rocked by that for a day. But then, you know, life goes on and, and lunches happen, Friday nights happen, football games happen, you know, and life marches on. But the finality of that decision... Um, is is still there and there's still a family and loved ones that are that are just you know in horrible pain that that will last forever because of that and so that you you see that i'm walking eggshells here because i never want to act like oh these nice things that we're doing uh, so you're saying, okay, we aren't saying don't do the nice things, but we we probably should consider the fact that sometimes those gestures that occur around an event like this, they increase the vulnerability of those who were already vulnerable. Did I hear that part correct? 
Yeah, I think that summarizing statement at the end is, is well said, that uh, those in a vulnerable spot um, after certain events, including um, uh, death by suicide of another, they can be in an increased vulnerable spot. Okay. Right? Um, that they're, and we should be very aware of that. So let's say that we do have someone close to us that we have uh, been um, talking to, and then they're they're in a good spot. Well, that would be a great thing, though, if it was a common person that we knew that had died by suicide. That we reach out, hey, how are you? How you doing? Like, let's let's talk, right? Recognizing that they may be in an increased vulnerable spot. Yeah. And then this, that's one way you said, instead of focusing all of our intention on, on honoring a person's life or, or mourning with a family who's experienced this, to take some of those feelings that are, that are welled up in us and, and move them more toward intervention. And you talked about the coach example, taking aside their team and saying, Hey, let's talk about this. Uh, you talked about if you know someone who is dealing with suicidal thoughts that you might contact them. If there's someone who's contacted you, talked to you, trusted you in the past, that when one of these events happen, it might be a good time to reach out to them and say, hey, how are you doing? And make sure that that they aren't being impacted in a negative way by by this event to the point that they're now considering doing the same thing themselves and so any other interventions that the coaches talk in those individuals in our life and family members any other healthy interventions you could think of for a school or organization when they when they experience something like this yeah even those who may not be in a vulnerable spot previous may be drawn into a very vulnerable spot uh, right after. And so uh, it is worth every effort to supply grief counselors, to, to put every resource we can possible toward buoying up uh, the, the school, the team, uh, those around them, uh, if this occurs, because we all know how, how this works. There, there can be a life event that dramatically um, alters how we view things very quickly. Yeah. And so it would be very important to bring support to the school, even for those that you would assume, oh, they're, they're you know, they have expressed a vulnerability or they're doing great. Just don't make that assumption. Just offer uh, that support for anyone and and be very proactive about it because it impacts people in different ways. So, Sheldon, most of the people who listen to our podcast are players on teams, coaches, uh, parents who, have, you know, and you and I both have children who play sports. And you know that oftentimes those children, <laughs> your ch children's teammates are in your house a lot. Right. Yeah. So, so can you kind of put yourself in a coach's position? And I know you've already kind of taken us to this, but 
but I think it's healthy to kind of think through this with you're you're a coach at a school and someone has just taken their life and it's the next day and you're standing in front of your team. What what would you say that would be an intervention and helpful in that situation if you were a coach? You know, it's great, Chad. I'm glad the way that you asked that because it connects us to our first topic. What I might do as a coach is I'd call the school and I would call the counseling office and say, you know, I'd, I'd like someone from, from your office to come and talk with, with the team. Um, just I want not only to make, you know, support optional, I, I would love to just take some pra- practice time or time together today. Can you do that? Oh, you know, coach, uh, I, what time would that be? We are, we're, we're spread pretty thin. Of course we want to, we're in these three different locations. Okay. Let me do this. I'm going to call 988 and I'm going to explain to them what happened. I'm going to ask them if they can point me in the direction of finding someone that can come and speak to the team right away. Right. That type of an approach could be the coach knows what to do and they do not have to feel the pressure of being a mental health professional, especially because I don't ever want to minimize this. The coach may be the one who is struggling most depending on the situation. Yeah. If it's someone on their team, for example, you're, you're speaking as though this, this is someone on their team. Um, kind of a thing that that could be very boy that that yeah, would be a teacher at the school and they teach them in a class and, yeah right it's, but i i think saying also shad that I, what's helpful saying this is our plan if this happens this is what we're going to do as a team well then you just kind of enact the plan because if you're kind of hurting too it's it's that moment just be like well here's here's what we're here's what we said to do outside of the moment let's call the counseling office let's have someone come and 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 give us advice and talk to us let us process um if they're just overworked because of the situation at the school right now let's call 988 and see if there's another someone else that could come and help that's awesome that would be a fantastic plan that's great and for a school administration which we we speak to a lot of school administrations as well and of course they receive training from many, many places in our wonderful education system. And so, but um, that having a plan of action, when this occurs, this is what we will do. That seems to be very, very helpful and helps us be intentional and in our intervention to think through it before we're in that, that moment. And so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Sheldon, thank you. We know we have you come on and talk about these these heavy topics with us. And you're a former athlete as well. I'm sure you have a lot of other things to to say and to add to the other things that we talk about. But we sure do appreciate you taking the opportunity to help us look at these situations through the lens of coaching and and having kids that play sports and having teammates and to be able to have someone of your your knowledge and ability to be able to say, okay, now take us to the demographic we're talking to and, and help us with that. And you do such a great job of that. So 
just wanted to express appreciation for you and and thank you for taking the time today to do that. Do you have any final thoughts on this subject at all? No, but we've uh, through you know the great podcast you guys are doing. I think there's a couple of key takeaways, right? Ask, care, tell. Ask directly. Care what they say. Tell someone who could do something about it. Right. Well, who do I tell? Well, 988 is a great option. There's crisis services there. It's a great way to, um, a great number to memorize so we can use it in a crisis. And then, uh, third, let's, uh, let's make sure that leading up to and following any tragic event that we are serious about prevention and intervention. And, uh, I think that would be my summary message. Awesome. Thank you very much. Dr. Martin for being with us today and thank you everybody for joining the Sportlight podcast today. We hope that you'll spread this message, share this if you ever have a school or a team that's experiencing these difficult moments. Uh, this might be a good one to review and, and to think about. We hope that we can help and save lives and as our athletes keep their eyes up and look for people who might need them and do the work, especially in these most vulnerable of situations. We hope to arm them with these tools like 988 and how to intervene and, and things like that. Because if all of this effort saved one family from going through what a family goes through when someone takes their life, it would be so well worth it. So Dr. Martin, thank you. And everyone else, keep your eyes up and do the work. This has been the Sportlight Podcast from Especially for Athletes, sponsored by Coca-Cola. You can learn more about Especially for Athletes by visiting the website at especiallyforathletes.org. You can also learn more about the book, The Sportlight, by Shad Martin and Dustin Smith at especiallyforathletes.org slash book.